Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Hello, this is Gloria Cotton, and welcome to this episode of The Delicious Truth. Today, we're going to be talking about the wisdom of our ancestors, the beauty of family. And that can be biological family, um, or it can be family that you inherit through marriage or just people that you select that love you. That's the bottom line. We want to focus today on what family should be, the biological family, the purpose and the intention behind it. Sometimes families don't serve in this way, but we're going to talk about the aspirational and universally intended purpose of family. I want to begin by reading a poem. It's entitled The Family Tree. The author is unknown. Our family is like the branches on an old but sturdy tree. The leaves resemble people that make up our ancestry. The past has not been easy and it could have made it fall, but the roots are cemented firmly. I want y'all to get that. The roots are cemented firmly for this tree to stand so tall. As time goes by, It's certain that the leaves will wither and wilt. And get this, but new branches of the tree will thrive. On foundations that have been built together, we are stronger. Together, we are stronger. It isn't hard to see that every leaf is needed to make this family tree. The name of this poem is The Family Tree. I want you to think about that. Think about the people who have been the elders in your life, who have been with you, from whom you learn things. These are the people who put their arms around you. These are the people who, they might have used the term in my family, my grandmother said, it's okay, baby. I remember her saying that to me, the youngest I was, it's okay, baby, you'll be all right. You can do anything. This is where I learned who I was. This is what one of the things that elders do for you. They create that foundation, that the roots of your very existence. So you can know who you are, no matter what other people say. I want y'all to get that. You know who you are. You see yourself. You love yourself. You have confidence in yourself. You believe in yourself. Because that has been firmly implanted in your mind, your heart, your being since before you were born. 
I mean, <laughs> when I was pregnant with my children, uh, my husband and I used to talk to them. And I know we're not unusual. Many people do talk to the babies, the fetus, when it's inside and growing and nurturing. This is another way um, our ancestors have nurtured us from the beginning, planting those seeds again. So we would not, no matter what winds might come, no matter how the floods might come in, that our roots were so deeply planted in ourselves and in our family that we might sway, but we won't break. We might bend, but we won't stay stooped over. So that's the purpose of family. That's the purpose and the goodness of our ancestors. So let me just talk about four things in particular. The one thing that family gives you that our ancestors give us, when they are living in their purpose, when they are living in their purpose, and if they're your biological family and ancestors or not, go out and find somebody who will feed into you, who will plant those seeds into you, because we all need it. We all need somebody we can lean on. We need someone who will be that shelter for us, that protector of us. Modern terms are our allies for us, our mentors for us, our advocates for us, our protectors for us. So the first thing that the ancestors do is they love us unconditionally. The message that I got from my grandparents were, no matter what, you can count on me. And I'm hearing in my mind the song by CeCe Winans and Whitney Houston. If y'all don't know what that is, you might want to go to some somewhere. You know, I, I don't know, YouTube or whatever. <laughs> and Google that song. The name of it is Count On Me. Here's the first refrain. Count on me through thick and thin. So you know what? Thick times are going to come. Yay. And thin little skinny times are going to come. Okay, so that might not feel so good. But you know what? You're not going to be starving, boo-boo, because I got you as your family. I am here. Count on me through thick and thin, our friendship that will never end. Check this line. I love it. When you are weak, I will be strong. It is impossible for us to be strong all of the time. We're human. Stuff happens. I remember when I got my divorce, this woman, I'm deeply spiritual, in case y'all didn't know, not particularly religious. I, I love all religions that talk about love. And I'm proud of the fact that I was raised Southern Baptist. It's all of that stuff at once. But when I was getting my divorce, this, this woman said to me, well, why are you going to a therapist? Because I did. I mean, why don't you just talk to God? You talk to God all the time. I looked at her and I said, child, I'm not trying to hear God right now. <laughs> I need to speak with a human being. I need to speak with somebody who's going to use human language to talk to me. I am not ready to talk to God or listen to God. I'm not trying to hear that right now. I'm in too much pain. Ain't that a hot mess? But that was true. To listen to universal love. I need some mental exercises, psychological studies. That is what I needed because I'm a human being, not just a spiritual being. I'm a human being. So um, I was weak and it was earned. I was angry. I was hurt. I was all that stuff. And you know what? I needed somebody I could lean on. I chose a therapist in that regard. 
at that time. If my grandparents had still been alive, I would have gone to them, but they weren't. So I found someone else who could be my strength in that moment. Get what you need. It is not weak to admit that you need help. Let me say that again. It is not weak. It is strength to admit that you need help from somebody else. We cannot do it all by ourselves. No one has ever done anything all by themselves that had more than one or two steps in it. You know, maybe you got a glass of water and you think you did that all by yourself, but baby, somebody made that glass. Somebody is, is, you know, making sure the water is pure. So just let's be honest. We all need somebody. Just choose the right ones. When you are weak, I will be strong. Helping you to carry on. Call on me. I will be there. Don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, understand that your fear This is not in the psalm, but this is what the wisdom of our ancestors, and now I'm I'm getting ready to be somebody's ancestor. (laughs) So the wisdom of the ancestors is there are going to be times when you may be afraid. Don't be so governed by other people criticizing and judging that you don't admit, I need some help because I'm afraid right now. So remember that it is strong for you to say, I need help. That's the bottom line. So if you are afraid, don't be afraid to say, I'm afraid. How about that? Some people call it brave and you have the courage, whatever word you need to put on it. For me, it's a matter of survival. That's the word that I use when I make those difficult choices and things that go against the grain of culture or what other people say, popular decision. Child, please, popular decision is not going to be with you when you are staying awake in sleepless nights. So do what you need to do to love yourself enough to get the help that you need. The last two lines of the song of the first stanza are, please believe me when I say, count on me. Now, the rest of the song is good too, but that first stanza, that speaks to everything that ancestors give you, that safety, that foundation. They are the beginning, the old roots, those thick ones that cannot be moved, cannot be shaken. I'm hearing a song, I shall not be moved. That's the foundation that they provide. Then wisdom. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Okay, so knowledge is temporary. It is up until this moment, everything I have learned. Wisdom is what do you do with it? Sometimes people use their knowledge in foolish ways that hurt people, including themselves. Wisdom informs your knowledge about how it can be used to be the highest good for you and other people. And wisdom is universal. Knowledge is everything up to this moment and everything in your past. And this is how people get in trouble because they think that what they know is all there is to know. Boo-boo, I don't think so. You're just a little dot in the spectrum of the universe. The wisdom that's out there is encompassing of everything that there is. And we're granted insights into wisdom as much as we can take when we need it. Otherwise, we'd be overwhelmed by it. So the old folks, (laughs) our ancestors, give us that wisdom 
things that when we're younger, or certainly when I was younger, I used to say, that doesn't make any kind of sense. I'm not going to do that. They don't know what they're talking about. They're out of touch. And the older I get, the more I realize, no, they were really in touch. I was just innocently ignorant about what was going on in the world, in my life. The third thing that our ancestors give us and show us and role model for us is compassion. It seems that during this current time, we need to remember what compassion is and embrace it. Realizing that we can't feel somebody else's pain. Y'all might want to go back to season two and listen to that episode where my friend is talking about being a recovering racist. And we talk about, we need to not expect that other people will feel what you feel, the way you feel it, when you feel it, how you feel it. That's unique unto you. But when I have compassion, the fact that I can't feel your pain like you feel it, when you feel it, or, or your joy, like you feel it. I, I can feel my own joy. Your joy reminds me, and your pain reminds me of my own joy, of my own pain. That's what's happening. If I've had no joy, there's nothing for me to reflect on. If I've had no pain, there's nothing for me to reflect on. Whether I have had my own joy, my own pain or not, here's what compassion does. Compassion says, how do you feel, baby? What does that mean to you? And what can I do to be there for you in this moment without judgment, without judgment? Compassion doesn't have judgment. You shouldn't feel that way. You should have done the coulda, woulda, shouldas is not in compassion. Now, accountability is there. It doesn't mean that accountability is not there, but it's non-judgmental, which puts people down. See, this is what judgment does. It casts people out and puts people down. Compassion raises people up and brings them in. That's the wisdom and the role modeling of our ancestors. And what we need to do, what we need to be humbly at their feet, learning what to do. (laughs) When I was four years old, my grandmother had a Singer sewing machine. And I have that. I have that old sewing machine. And I used to sit on the floor and watch her. And there was a foot pedal that went along with it. And she would be sewing. And I was so happy just to sit on the floor and watch her with that foot pedal and listen to her humming hymns and funny songs and imparting wisdom in a way that a four-year-old could understand it. In a way, compassion is connecting with people in ways that they feel they're not alone, that you're there for them, that you connect with them. It's not using your own language because it's not about you. Is using the language of the person you're with. All of that is compassion. And then the last thing, and there are many more, but I'll just end with this fourth thing, and that is kindness. Man, oh man, oh man, where is kindness these days? Now, and I will say that more and more people, honestly, are doing things that are kind. This is when you do things to help other people without needing them to reciprocate. I'm doing you a solid is the word people use. I'm being helpful because you need help and I recognize it. I'm giving you the support that you need 
You know, I'm asking you about it. Do you want this? And sometimes I'm not asking. I'm just swooping in and giving you this support, being that shoulder for you to lean on, that safe place for you to cry to, that safe place for you to be happy with. It's not safe for us to be happy with everybody. Ain't that a hot mess? But being kind, this is the word now in in my field of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Equity is about giving somebody what they need to be successful in the way they need it. It's not equality. Equality is everybody has the same thing. But if you think about the fact that if I am someone who needs a wheelchair and you give everybody a bicycle, that's wonderful, but I might not be able to use that bicycle. I need my wheelchair. If I am right-handed and you give me a left-handed scissors or vice versa, I might be able to cut, but it might be difficult for me. Kindness says you look at the person through the eyes of love, through the eyes of compassion, being motivated and listening to the wisdom of the ancestors and of the universe, and then doing them a solid in ways that feels like it's uplifting, not downputting, that is calling people in, it's buoying them up. It's amazing to me how people sometimes say, you need to get up and bring yourself up and tie your own bootstraps. And some people don't even have boots, much less bootstraps. It's amazing to me how some people will tell people they need to get up while they're standing on their backs. It's amazing to me that some people think that they cannot be lifted unless somebody else is put down. Kindness says, you know what? This is not about me doing anything but being here for you in the way that you need me to be here for you. And if that means I say nothing, you just feel my presence. These are four things that our ancestors provided for us. Sometimes we get so busy and our busyness sometimes keeps us distanced from those things that have been imparted and implanted in us before we were born, through our first formative years, our second formative years. And then we need to be planting those things in ourselves and with others. I invite and encourage you. This is all about loving ourselves in ways that make a difference in ways that make a difference in the way we feel, the way we think, the way we uh, experience life, the way we invite other people in, the way that we try to work to understand other people, when we agree and when we disagree with them. Lord have mercy. This isn't always about agreeing with people. First of all, that's boring. Not only is it impossible, but it's it's boring. (laughs) So a little tension, a little friction, is how we come up with a synergistic answer, something that's better than either of us thought of. And when we trust one another, it is just flipping fun to argue with somebody else. I want y'all to think about that. Think about people that you can laugh before, during, and after an argument. You are living in the wisdom of the ancestors when you're doing that. Now, beloved, I encourage you to do that. And as you are remembering, as you are reinforcing, uh, as you are maybe learning for the first time, here's what I'd like you to know. I straight up love you. (laughs) 
I straight up love you. I got you. And if I could be with you, there would be a hug in your future if you wanted it. I can't be with you physically, but you know what? Honey, there is no limit to the number of virtual hugs that I can give you if you want them. And I hope you do, because I certainly do. I love you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.